Welcome to the podcast. Rick Roberts here. Can you believe it? We've made it to 250 Pow Pow episodes. And thanks to our Patreon supporter for this episode, Mickey Bell, for making 250 happen. Let's roll it. Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Hello, welcome to the show. Like I said, 250 episodes in, still learning things, still finding interesting topics and interesting people to talk to today, no exception. My buddy Brian Kuhatsu just has put out a brand new CD, and what I like about this is it's a Theater of the Mind CD. It's comedy done in skit and sketch form, audio only, and it's uh, getting ready to be prepackaged and put out on the internet through CD Baby, so you'll be able to find it everywhere you find things to download. I recommend you go ahead and put in Brian Kohatsu on your Pandora and Spotify list so that when these things hit the uh, internet, you'll be listening to them right away. Plus, if you haven't done that already, you know, creating some spot, uh, Spotify lists and Pandora lists around your favorite artists, great way to support them. Uh, it's, you know, millionths of a penny at a time, but uh, the more spins, the more the wins for all of us clean comics and those of us that are doing this full time. So support Brian Kahatsu and uh, other artists that you like, other comedians and musicians, by creating a Spotify or Pandora list around them. It's very easy to do, and uh, you'll end up listening to people you like and people who are like the people you like. Pretty cool. Hey, today's episode, we dig into his new CD and all the processes kind of that went into it, the planning and making the most of a pandemic year and how that turned out to be a blessing with some extra time to make this thing happen. I'll play a few clips within the podcast, but I want you to go ahead and try to download a CD if at all possible. I'll mention where you can find him at the end, but let's go ahead and get into this one with Brian Kohatsu. Well, I've got Brian here. How's it going, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Man, I can't complain. We've got cool breeze, 70 degrees, nice fall day. Kids are home on fall break, and I'm uh, doing a podcast, so it's like the, the best of all things. Well, <laughs> I did wear a jacket last night for the first night, so uh, I'm in Arizona, so that's a, that's a big, big, big step. After your summer, man, I was seeing mm-hmm. some, you know, 120 degrees, 117 degrees. I'm like, yeah. I don't care if it's dry or wet heat. It's 117 degrees. <laughs> it's it's great for a month, and then by July, you're like, all right, we get it. Right. Yeah. By April, you're like, I'm done with this. (laughs) Try to find other places to go. And everyone's like, don't come here. It's humid. We're like, ah, ah, where do we go? What do we do? So yeah. What does even the cool water feel like? Just like, oh, it's warm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's gross. It's lukewarm. My, my sister-in-law, actually, they bought a huge tank to cool the water down. So if you have money, you can have cold water. That's how it works. (laughs) You can like enjoy. So we go over there every once in a while and uh, it's actually kind of cold. So (laughs) that's <laughs> weird but that's refreshing yeah take it when well, you can get it absolutely well you know i got you on the call today because you've got this new album coming out and people are like how do you get a new album out during the pandemic well brian's a creative guy he's got multiple um skills and all kinds of talent as far as vocal and mixing and editing and all these crazy things so what i like about it um is you, you didn't have to go anywhere necessarily do it. you do have a, a, a live clip or two in there here and there that you took but 
you you made something when everybody else was like, oh man, the world is ending. So first off, I just wanted to know, it was probably something on your bucket list to do for a long time, but when did you finally say, hey, this might be the time to do it? I'm, I'm going to say this album is seven, eight years in the making. Maybe not that long, probably seven or six years in the making. So I started and I did a couple, couple sketches and then life gets a hold of you. And then that time is just, but I kept saying, I hope something would happen that I'd get a pause so I could do this, which apparently I paused the whole world um, with my (laughs) thoughts. So, but the idea was like, if I could get the time, I would definitely do it. And as soon as pandemic hit, I thought, Ooh, okay. So most of the, I think all the sketches were written with the exception of two. So that gave me time to write the last two and then really just start to schedule it out and then uh, use my time wisely. So um, that's what I did. I jumped in. And then of course, as things opened up, back up a little bit, um, got busy again, but I stayed to really made giant scheduled calendars. And I just kept to what was going on and at least try to get a little bit done per day. Knowing my own habits, I kind of just picked the things I knew I could get done. And so kind of just kept working toward it. And then uh, of course, again, life gets in the way. And so push back. I was hoping I'd be done in around July, August. So, I mean, we're October, so we're not too far off as long as it's done now. So that's the thing. As long as I could get it out, you know, before the end of the year. Yeah. So. Well, it's important to have those deadlines. I know when I, I did a couple of my CDs, the, the ones that were music based and skit based, I had this big chart and, it, you know, every single column was one more thing I had to do. I had to right. record the vocals, I had to do the backup vocals, I had to do the bass, drums, everything all the way yeah. down to special effects and then mixing and then bouncing back then it was bouncing it down to another track so i could add more tracks so that we didn't have unlimited tracks right so almost like how a builder has his you know punch mm-hmm. list putting the house together it's kind of yeah. what you're building there isn't it i always you know you gotta you gotta have a plan and then you gotta execute your plan and if something happens in the plan then you readjust your plan but um yeah, I just kind of tried to stick with it as the best I could because I didn't have the discipline before because I was too busy and it was it was not a priority, but I just made it, I finally made it a priority. So kind of was nice. And I was dealing with, you know, I have a lot of friends of mine. So I made this very personal. There's a lot of, a lot of the people in these sketches that I'm doing are people that one of the sketches has everybody, all my video friends that all work together. So it's, and I kind of, it's kind of cool because I created this memory a new memory for all of us, even though we don't see each other that much anymore. So we have this, at least this one weird sketch that <laughs> involves all of us together now. And then some of my newer comedy friends and some of my old comedy friends and my family uh, is on the album too. So I tried to schedule amongst all of them too. I tried to do all that first. And then I knew I could do my dialogue lines later. Um, and so that kind of worked out it's getting all that done first. So then I could, now I can relax and not have to wait. I'm still waiting on so-and-so. And I had a couple of those. I couldn't get a couple friends on there. Um, so I won't mention his name, Chris Wineland, but it didn't work out. We couldn't get you on. So in the and long run, right actually, that I had to rewrite that sketch anyways, and he would have been eliminated. So it would have been a weird situation. So we've we've made up. We're good. <laughs> That's so. funny. Well, I did notice Rhonda Corey on there. Rhonda Corey's on there a couple of times. Yep. Tell me about some of the other comics. Because several of these have probably been on the podcast and people yeah. listening to these folks. Uh, Who else is on? Mike James is on a couple of this, a uh, couple of sketches. Uh, again, like Mike's in one of the sketches about two old women who create a, a improv troupe. And uh, Mike, I started off in improv with Mike and my buddy Brandon Brooks, who's uh, in my other troupe, and uh, Kevin Schneider. He's also in our other troupe. So those guys are all basically the, the audience members, kind of uh, uh, giving suggestions and heckling a little bit. 
the the old ladies and uh so yeah they're in it um like i said my wife and like my both my daughter and my son are in it odd thing about my son is uh he i did a i did a sketch where i'm playing a kid and i recorded my voice which was my modified michael j fox voice and then i sped it up like two percent and it sounded exactly like my son like the whole family was listening to it edit going is that Kai? I said, that's me. Are you kidding? <laughs> we like played them back to back. And it's really funny how apparently my son is 2% faster than I am in speech. So well, um, let's just uh, face the facts that you're 2% slower than you used to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have your way. I have my way of saying <laughs> I'm not telling him. Um, yeah. And then uh, some old friends of mine, like I said, my production friends. Um, so it's kind of just, I don't know. There's just so many, there's a lot of people. I can't remember how many there's 11 or so and other comics in the Valley, uh, Eleanor stone. Who's a good friend of mine. She's um, she plays a phone operator in a couple scenes and she's getting ready to move to Italy. So kind of sending her off for the last time. is kind of good to I'll have, I probably won't see her too often in the next few years, but so be kind of nice. Got that memory with her on that too. So, but uh, yeah, yeah. Just whoever I could kind of grab and I knew was available at the time to help me out. Yeah, well, that'll be. Oh, and then of course I got. I can't leave out my friend Stephanie uh, Bianchi, who I started. I only met her because I was doing a radio show years ago. She was our newsreader, and then she and I uh, kind of did a spinoff show where it was just she and I. And there's a couple of clips of us, the uh, the uh, world's funniest French fry, um, Papa Frida. Yeah, <laughs> that was something that just kind of happened on the show organically. So we left that in, but she's on there a couple times too as uh, some characters. That's cool. And that'll make it fun. Well, A, it probably makes it more fun when you're editing because you're, you're hearing friends' voices and not some actor where you're like, oh, this guy couldn't pull it off, you know, or this yeah. girl couldn't pull it off. And then, yeah, down the road, you listen back and go, oh, yeah. And that, that's yeah. something that's going to be out there for a long time. The great thing is just being able to call them and talk to them for a little bit and catch up and then say, okay. And then it gives you another excuse to call. And, you know, they, they make time for me in their schedule like I've made time for them. So it's kind of nice. So now, now that I'm done, I'm a little afraid. I'm going to like, where's everybody? <laughs> yeah. I have to that's, do another album just to talk to my friends. That's so. kind of, you know, the same thing with the podcast. I get to talk to you, get to hang out for an hour and I get to catch up. And, you know, that's the part that I like probably more than anything. I like learning about comedy, but it's just seeing your friends and meeting some new people sometimes too. You're like, right. This is a, a weird dude. Let's see what's going on in that brain. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we all get these, we all, yeah, as comics, we all get these little brief moments together and it's strange. You only get these brief moments, but then all these weird friendships grow out of five minutes here, 10 minutes here one day yeah oh yeah i mean that's 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 very true like if you think about when you're doing a show with two or three other comics you might have you might have 20 minutes before the show starts but everybody's kind of getting in their zone and then yeah. you don't have any time during the show because you're on stage separately and then after the show you're selling your shirts or headed out the door so it's it's yeah. not as much time as you'd like but yeah it doesn't take long for two comics to reconnect and hang out so it was another yeah group. takes like probably three minutes that's about it, you know, and, you're, yeah. and that, and that could be good for a year. You're like, okay. We're right, <laughs> right, right. That's exactly it. Well, there's a ton of good stuff on the, on the CD. And I don't want to play it all and give it all away, but I do want to just uh, pick through a couple of tracks and tell you what I liked about them. And okay. uh, hopefully this will play through in the, the podcast. Just so you know, Rick, Rick this is a bit nerve wracking. Well, <laughs> You're well, the first person who's heard the whole thing. So I don't know. <laughs> well, let me just say I enjoyed all of it. And so I'm, I'm having my hardest thing is picking the tracks I want to play today. But some oh, of these are right. just personal favorites because of the, the references and the time frames that I started uh -huh. in comedy. So I'm going to start off with uh, the Dennis Miller clip 
called What If Dennis Miller Was Your Father. We'll play a little bit of that just to let people hear a little bit of your uh, range of impersonations. It's, it's oh, okay. very, very cool. Now it's time for What If Dennis Miller Was Your Father? Can I talk to you for a sec? Just spoke with your teacher about the last progress report, and I got to admit, I'm more than a little disappointed. Not only is your GPA dropping faster than a Biden executive order, but your attitude is as questionable as John Edwards' wedding vows. Now, I don't want to get off on a rant, but when society dictates that your education should be second only to your own narcissistic tendencies, then something is terribly wrong. I mean, the fact that you sit around this house with Kardashian privilege without a care in the world blows my mind. I mean, who do you think you are? France? Look, I know mistakes are going to happen. I mean, I'm not perfect. I once thought Arianna Huffington was the missing Gabor sister. I mean, come on, man. You hear it. (laughs) You're heading down a destructive path, much like that of a young James Dean, Elvis, or Schneider from One Day at a Time. I mean, you look at school like it's the Kobayashi Maru. At least Kirk had the moxie to cheat. It's time you grow up and face reality, or you're going to end up like Nancy Pelosi with that who-just-farted look on her face. Then again, you're only seven. I could be wrong. This has been What If Dennis Miller Was Your Father? Man, Brian, that is so good. (laughs) There's so many things I like about that. First off, the impression is dead on. Do you do a little bit of Dennis Miller in your stand-up here and there? I did when I I first started, but then I dropped it because the reference was just people like, meh, whatever. (laughs) It's just so weird. It's one of those, if you have an impression that like nobody, it's like referenced out after a while. It's kind of like you kind of drop it, but um, at at Stir Crazy Comedy Club, Tom and the owner, he's always asking me to do it. And uh, you know Craig Gas, you familiar with Craig Gas? He's a comedian. He does a lot of voices for the um, the Family Guy. Well, he came in and he was talking to Tom, and they were talking about weird impressions. And Dennis Miller came up, and Tom said, "Oh, I got to get Brian." So I actually came in the next night just to meet Craig, so we could do like a Dennis Miller off, which was. <laughs> weird but he was impressed because i i've got the one laugh thing of dennis down that he doesn't have so he's like do it again do it again do it again do it one more time so became a clinic at that point but yeah i i just do it for my friends basically (laughs) i don't do it that much but i wanted that one i just wanted to get out of my system because i just thought it would be funny just like i don't know what his kids are like at all but you know well it's Unique. it's a great bit, and you know the twist at the end where the kid's just seven. He's, he's dropping all of these <laughs> references. Schneider. I mean, I yeah. don't know if Schneider's been in any joke ever in the history I, of, of the world. No, it's a great reference. I did watch a lot of Miller watching it, going, "Oh, this is good. This is good." But his even his cadence and the, his vocabulary is way way beyond mine. So, um, yeah. So I had to go with what. There's a couple lines in there I love the most. The Ariana Huffington is a missing Gabor sister is one of my favorite ones. And any reference to the Kobayashi Maru with Star Trek, I think is always good. So, but yeah, uh, that was good. I like the Kardashian privilege and there's, there's just a lot of well, well put. And it's a nice tight bit. You know, you can drop this in just about anywhere. Yeah. No, you wanted to, yeah. I wanted to get in and get out. So I didn't, I didn't hit the impression as well as I thought I could. It's just tough listening back to yourself. And then after a while you're like, okay, what well, it's going to be, it's as good as it can get. So, you know, well, I thought it was good. Let me ask you this. I, I record yeah. in my home here a lot too. And when family members are here, I notice my recordings are just my enthusiasm and my voice and things like that is dialed back a little bit because they already know I'm crazy, but I don't want to prove it. So I'm kind of like holding back a little bit. Um, did you record sometimes when they were in the house and when they were out of the house? And did you have any difference in how you approached it or, or <laughs> is it just me? I tried my hardest to do it when they were not home. 
mm-hmm. only because I didn't want to be like, could you guys keep it down? Could you please, whatever, make sure the dog doesn't bark, except, you know, that I didn't want to do that laundry list. So um, between the kids um, finding something to do upstairs and then my wife, luckily my wife during the pandemic completely, she's a professional golfer and they did not, they're essential workers. Did you know that? Um, so <laughs> she didn't have to say. stop. <laughs> that's what they say. That's, that's what she claims in this house. She is. So, um, so she was gone. So that was good. Kind of kids were good, kept their distance. Um, there are a few times they were home and I always find those moments. Like you said, it's a little bit weird when the family's home because they're kind of like, what's dad doing in his room again? Like yeah. if you hear you screaming, just don't worry about it. Um, but at the same time, you know, like minutes before I walk in, my wife's like, Hey, did you make the car payment yet? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think, did I, let me check, you know, yeah. but it gets your mind off it. So that's why I kind of try to try not to do it at home, but kind of forced to at times, but uh, yeah, try yeah, to schedule it, that too. It's a weird vibe. You know, like yesterday I was doing some promos for an event where I'm Barney five. So I'm, I just got on shorts and the Barney five shirt tie and hat. And I'm walking through the kitchen and my, my nine-year-old's like, are you doing now one of those videos? I'm like, yeah, so, okay. I'll be quiet. <laughs> I love it. Like, so just dad going to work. It's just, uh, who, who are you supposed to be again? That's the, you know, it's always asking, who are you supposed to be again? Barney Fire from the waist up. So just yeah, deal from the waist up. I'm, I'm uh, Otis from the waist down. <laughs> Staggering through the house. <laughs> hey, Rick Roberts is going to punch into the middle of this podcast for a second to let you know that I don't have any classes coming up at the time, but I do have coaching slots available. If you want to find out about more about what takes place on a coaching call, feel free to check out schooloflast.com forward slash coaching or look up the next classes and click the coaching tab on that and find out what goes down during a coaching session. I have several students uh, now that I'm working with and it's great to see their progress and success and I can certainly say that it's not just me at all that's uh, making this happen, but when you get involved in coaching, you're held accountable and you get motivated. And I find that the people who want coaching tend to do better than those people who think everything's just rolling fine. And I'd be happy to connect you with some of my uh, people that I am coaching if you want to pick their brain and hear their side of things. But that's available to you this fall in lieu of classes. And hopefully in the first quarter of next year, I'll have some time to do those again. All right. Thanks again. And let's get back into the episode. And I like, I want to dig into another one here. This is a live track you did. Uh, let's see if I can find it here uh it's a jack black impression oh, tribute tribute yeah. to jack black <laughs> who i find to be a very fascinating guy i would like to sit down with him, with him for an mm. hour and just kind of he seems to have completely tapped into the free spirit of the creative side even though you can tell he's a really thoughtful person yeah but he 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 has the fun element going <laughs> but then <laughs> the awesomeness came. Diddle-dee-doo, 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 bip, 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 
Man, that's so good. How long did it take you to memorize the words for that one? Oh, hours. <laughs> Rick, get, 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 no. <laughs> no, that came out of, uh, that came out of just messing around. I don't play guitar very well, as you can tell, but, uh, no, I thought I you did do, fine. I used to do a thing called celebrity diagnosis. So it was just celebrities giving you your diagnosis instead of a doctor doing it. So it'd be a little bit easier on you. And, uh, the Jack black was, um, uh, it was, uh, dude, you got Crohn's disease <laughs> and then, uh, Crohn's, um, don't worry. We're going to take your Crohn's and be like skadoosh. And then, uh, that's how that started. But then I was messing around with the guitar one day. And then just, of course, just, he was in my head and I thought, Oh, wait a minute. I don't know how that even came about, but yeah. I, I was trying to picture the, I'm sure you're making some big facial expressions and get the shoulders yeah. back and really. Try to do the, out, a little bit of the dance and everything else with it. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. So, and that's, that's the thing I kind of, I only did that a few times on stage, but kind of retired that because didn't want to take the guitar with me <laughs> everywhere I went. <laughs> well, you know, that's the beauty of, of doing a CD like this is you can bring it all in and you can, you can score it to a yeah. full band or you can bring it down or whatever. But yeah, yeah. once you uh, stand up live, it is such a different thing. There's, Believe me, I've yeah. got so much stuff to carry to every gig. So I know what you're I saying bet. there. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and for me, it's only one bit. So it's like, you know, what is that? It, that tracks like just over a minute and a half or two minutes at the most, you know, to travel, travel with that thing for two minutes. It's like, eh, you know, oh, yeah. then getting there an hour and a half early to do a sound check yeah. before they start seating and all that. Right. <laughs> There's a million. So that's, yeah, it does work good for the album. It's just something I, you know, used to do. So it's kind of nice to just have it somewhere. Um, so it exists somewhere out there in the world. And there's a couple other bits too, that, you know, you end up writing that you're like, this isn't, this is more of a sketch than it is a, an actual standup bit, just too hard to set up and try to go through the whole thing. So um, that's another good point too. There's so many things we think of as a comic and we're like, I mean, I have a tendency to write commercial parodies like in my head every day. Just you hear so many stupid commercials, you immediately start saying what you right. would want to say in the commercial. So that doesn't always translate on stage. So an album like this, um, I think it's just, it's fun to put together and put out and not, maybe not everybody has the equipment or whatever to kind of put these thoughts on paper and put them on yeah. recording. But we, I think we all know somebody that does yeah. if we don't at this point. I'm, I'm fortunate to have the skill set because of my background in, in video and television stuff. So, um, that's why I figured this is for me, it's inexpensive to make this, you know, this type of album versus mm -hmm. somebody who has to go find somebody to record it, you know, studio to cut it together and do all that. Um, yeah, it could, this could be a very expensive album. I didn't even, I, I haven't even really kept track of all the hours to see exactly how much I, maybe I should take a loan out to give it to myself, but, uh, yeah, just the amount of hours in, involved in this in a studio would be astronomical. So, you know, then the back end too, is when you get done, you're like, oh, is that funny? That's the thing I well, struggle with now is you listen to it for the hundredth time. You're like, uh, I don't know. You know, and a lot of these sketches, you know, I took an ax to some of them were a bit longer and I'm like, wow, you fell in love with your own writing there for a second, Brian. So go back. And that's what I had to do. Those were tough. There's a lot of them. I just chopped off, which I think there's some pretty funny stuff, but I didn't think anybody would listen longer and just cut to get to, mm -hmm. um, get to the funny as fast as possible. So it was a good exercise in, um, I think overall, I mean, as a video editor, I think I'm very good at cutting down content. But as a comic, I still struggle with that because, again, you do fall in love with what you're like. Oh, it's so good. I want to keep that. But, you know, yeah. that, that adds 
you know, it's longer before you actually get to the first like joke, you know? So, right. No, I think yeah, you did I think a good the, job of cutting it. Did you have anybody listen to it at any point to give you any insights outside of you, or did you kind of keep it all uh, up there? What's, it's really funny. So my son, my son's 18 years old and the concept of a sketch album was foreign to him. And so I kind of explained to him, you know, like the, how Cheech and Chong did these albums and Adam Sandler had done these albums and pointed out a few different ones and played some of the cleaner uh, Cheech and Chong ones for him. And you uh, go, okay. And then I played him one of my first sketches and he was like, okay, I get it now. Like for his generation, everything's so visual that the idea of just like, so I have to come up. Yeah. It's like reading a book. You have to come up with the visuals in your head. So, um, so he caught on board. So I kind of used him as a reference point since he wasn't familiar with it to whether or not you understand the whole concept that's going on within the story that's being told, but then also, is it, is it funny? Right. So, and, and then he'd give me uh he'd give me his, his two cents on that. It's a little- and that got picked up. And so that it was being played nationwide. So when I actually tried to get my show on locally in Phoenix on all comedy radio, they, they knew who I, I was, which was like, Oh, I didn't think they would, but they're like, Oh yeah. But Reynolds celebrity crank calls. We know, we know that we love that. So that's kind of how that got me through the door. So the, really the only reason it's on the album is like, you know, you, 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 you know, you bring, you dance with who brought you to the party. And so Bert, even though he's gone, it's kind of, it's just a more or less, that one's just a tribute and a nod to like the, uh, but yeah, it's all in the laugh. <laughs> so, and the chewing um, gum, let's, let's take the, a listen. You gotta chew the gum and you gotta know the laugh. <laughs> the rest of it's just a bad Norm MacDonald impression. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's time for Burt Reynolds Celebrity Crank Calls. This is Ryan Seacrest. This, uh, Ryan Seacrest? Well, I guess it is. Yeah. <laughs> Hello? Yeah, can I speak with uh, Keanu? That's Keanu. Yeah, whatever. I'm uh, looking for my friend uh, Phil. Phil? Yeah, his uh, last name is uh, McCracken. Oh, I'm supposed to say Phil McCracken, and then you're going to laugh at me like I'm an idiot or something, right? That is most heinous. <laughs> so, uh, sorry to bother you. The 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 laughter and the the chewing gum, the cadence, and uh, and Seacrest was good too, man. I mean, all these the people he's calling are, are great. I just tried to downplay all of them to like just be themselves, not a character, except Seinfeld, which I don't know, you didn't get that far. But yeah, um, I have to listen for that one. You have to listen to that one. But uh, yeah, I, you know that one was so that was written because punked was a big thing. Remember when Punked was out with Ashton Kutcher? That was mm-hmm. like a big thing. And I thought, well, what if Burt Reynolds was all people? That would just be funny. It's all based on the laugh. That was the whole bit. So, yeah. I love it, yeah. man. Well, there's a lot of good stuff on here. Um, I mean, and you, again, you've got some musical stuff, uh, Secret Asian Man. It's a good bit where you kind of go through the, the real yeah. life experiences that you have there. And, and that's actually the name of the album too. I didn't, I don't think I've told you that, but the secret Asian man is the name of the album. Cause I am half Japanese, half white, and I get uh, Hispanic all the time, <laughs> all the time. So yeah, that's just a compilation of uh, real life events that have happened to me. Uh, so just kind of awkward. That's, that's hard to do in a show too, is kind of explain all this weirdness that's happened. Um, so I thought, ah, this is a good place for it. Secret Asian man sounds like a cool album name. So I think I'll it's a great it. name. I think it's yeah. very cool. Yeah. And so um, 
we're kind of on the edge of releasing this. People can go to your website. Is that the best place for them to find out more and, yeah, and, and all that kind of stuff? Just my name, Brian Kohatsu, which is very easy to spell. Um, Brian, <laughs> Brian with an I and then K-O-H-A-T-S-U. But yeah, um, I'm sure you'll put it the links. So, but yeah, find me and then uh, yeah, go to the store. You'll see it'll be, it'll be available there for purchase and should be on Spotify too. So um, look for that. Yeah. And it's, I always forget to tell people, I guess most comics probably know this, but you, yeah, you can go to Spotify or Pandora and build a channel around your favorite comics and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Go in there. So when they start rolling out, you'll hear it immediately yeah. and uh, spread the word. Brian, man, it's a fun project. Great to hear it. Great to see you use some time wisely during the pandemic and always fun to catch up. Always, always happy to talk to you, Rick. We don't do it enough. Like we said, it's all these pockets of time. So it's always good to talk to you. So I appreciate you having me on and, and, and uh, pitch my merch. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, it's worth pitching. So thanks again. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thanks. There you go. Brian Kahatsu got some great impressions going on there. I love the uh, Dennis Miller and all the other ones, but I just like the fact that he can imitate the laugh of these people. I never thought about that and maybe creating a, a whole bit around just the laughs of famous people could be something uh, to do down the road. Check him out at Brian, B-R-I-A-N, Kohatsu, K-O-H-A-T-S-U dot com and uh, get this project and listen to it. And maybe you'll be inspired to create something like this for yourself. Hey, it's been a lot of fun, 250 episodes. Uh, thanks again to Mickey Bell for sponsoring this one. I'll be back in a couple weeks with another one. Until then, stay safe and stay funny. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit SchoolofLaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.